0: In 1964, Gilligan's Island debuted on CBS to almost universal disdain from the critics. The theme song told the story of the S.S. Minnow skipper, Jonas Grumby, played by the warm-hearted Alan Hale, Jr., his first mate, Gilligan, brought to life by the very comically adept Bob Denver and their five passengers on an ill-fated three-hour tour off the coast of Hawaii. The passengers included multi-millionaire Thurston Howell III, who was played with great panache by veteran actor Jim Backus, and his wife, who was nicknamed Lovey, played by the wonderful Natalie Schaefer, movie star Ginger Grant, portrayed with great comic sexiness by Tina Louise, high school professor Roy Hinckley, played by attractive straight man Russell Johnson, and Kansas-born Mary Ann Summers, portrayed with sweet sincerity by Don Wells. The show was envisioned by series creator Sherwood Schwartz as a microcosm of our society, with all areas represented within the seven stranded castaways, forced to work together on a deserted aisle. The series started with an episode entitled Two on a Raft, which picked up where the theme song premise left off. After making their passengers as comfortable as possible, The skipper and Gilligan set sail on a homemade raft in an attempt to find help. They sail for days and endure shark attacks and other mishaps along the way. They finally land on an island and find signs of life and become convinced that there are unfriendly natives nearby. Unknown to them, they have landed back on the same island where they started. The other castaways soon realized there were visitors on the island and believed them to be unfriendly natives as well. Both groups set traps in a nearby cave, and end up trapping each other by the time they realized what has happened. A typical set of circumstances for the castaways, and just a taste of the silliness yet to come. This was not, however, the first show that creator Sherwood Schwartz wanted to air. The pilot episode, which had been partially reshot since its presentation to the network, told the story of how the ship came to be shipwrecked and establish the characters and their trademark personalities. CBS didn't consult Sherwood and opted to air what he'd intended as the second episode. Not wanting to waste the footage, Sherwood wrote additional scenes, and the pilot footage was incorporated into the twelfth episode, A Christmas Story, in which the castaways recall the start of their adventures. This was how it began. But how did this show end? It was popular in the ratings, though the critics still hated it, and it had been renewed for a fourth season. So what happened? Were the castaways ever rescued? Sit right back and stay tuned. Gilligan's Island, though still hated by the critics, was popular with the audience and had been renewed for a fourth season on CBS. Gunsmoke, a venerable and once popular western, had been canceled after a very long run and low ratings. The story goes that when CBS executive William Paley and his wife found out that Gunsmoke, their favorite show, had been canceled, they flipped out. Shortly thereafter, Room was made in the Monday night schedule for a new season of Gunsmoke, and Gilligan was canceled. The casting crew had already wrapped after the end of season three, So Sherwood Schwartz called his cast to tell them the surprising and sad news, personally. As a result of the circumstances, the final episode of Gilligan's Island was not unlike most of the others in the series. It was entitled Gilligan the Goddess, and aired on April 17, 1967. In the episode, three natives come to the island and see the female castaways— The native king announces that in exchange for one of the ladies becoming his white goddess, he will rescue them all. To help them get rescued, the women compete to be the white goddess, until they find out the winner will eventually be thrown into a volcano. The castaways balk at this, and the natives leave, and then return with poisonous blowguns. With the idea that they may be able to signal a passing boat once they're off the island, the male castaways all dress up as women and attempt to be chosen by the king. Gilliana is the winner. Later, the skipper overhears that the king intends to throw a dummy into the volcano and keep Gilliana as his queen. Gilligan plays hide-and-seek with the king and secretly takes off his outfit. Finding the discarded wig and clothes, the king is convinced his goddess dissolved before his very eyes, and the natives quickly leave the island in fear. End of series. So it looked like the castaways would be forever marooned on that tiny island in rerun perpetuity. Well, it turned out that reruns would be what saved the shipwrecked friends after all. Stay tuned to find out how. Because of the popularity of Gilligan's Island, creator Sherwood Schwartz tried to sell a TV film called Rescue from Gilligan's Island without success. The three networks were not interested in the least. Along the way, Saturday morning animation company Filmation repeatedly asked Sherwood to let them do an animated version of the show. Though it seemed a natural, he was reluctant because he felt it weakened his chances of selling a full-scale reunion movie. But, after being repeatedly rebuffed by the networks, he eventually settled for the animated return to television, with the understanding that he would have a great deal of creative involvement. So, in 1974, The New Adventures of Gilligan debuted on ABC as an animated program. Most of the original cast provided their voices, the exception being Marianne and Ginger. Tina Louise, who had originated the role of Ginger, had wanted to distance herself from the silly comedy, so she did not participate. The animators changed Ginger's hair color from red to blonde-white in the series to avoid any possibility of Tina suing them for using her image without permission. Some 15 years after it first debuted on CBS, Gilligan's Island had become even more popular in syndication reruns. Children of all ages had discovered the show, and many made a point of watching it after school every day. Some stations ran it seven days a week. People saw the same episodes so many times that they began to believe they'd somehow missed the rescue episode. Sherwood was continually asked whatever became of his castaways. After years and years of trying to sell a rescue movie to the networks, his persistence paid off. On October 14, 1978, Rescue from Gilligan's Island ran on NBC as a two-part movie to phenomenal ratings. The original cast returned, with the exception of Tina Louise. Ginger was played by actress Judy Baldwin in the movie. The story picks up on the island, where Gilligan finds a valuable metal disc that has fallen from the sky. Unknown to him, it's from a Soviet satellite. Using it, the professor is able to rig up a makeshift barometer that tells them of an impending tidal wave that will consume the island. The longtime friends work together and bind their huts together to create a raft to try to save themselves. The tidal wave comes and all survive, though Gilligan is almost lost. After being afloat for days and days, Gilligan builds a fire to cook food and the raft becomes engulfed in flames. Fortunately, the smoke draws a rescue helicopter to them, and after years and years, the castaways are rescued to much celebration. After a homecoming parade, the castaways separate and try to return to the lives they'd left behind so many years ago. The skipper wants to purchase another boat, But the insurance company insists on signed affidavits from the passengers, stating he was not at fault for the first minnow's fate. As a result, he and Gilligan set about visiting their friends to procure their signatures and end up helping each of them. Unknown to them, two spies are following them and attempt to steal back the metallic disc that Gilligan now wears around his neck as a lucky necklace. The two sailors first visit Ginger on the set of her new movie. She's upset about being required to take part in filmed nudity. Skipper and Gilligan offer their support and agree with her. The film's producer overhears the conversation and is convinced that she's right. A film without nudity might be crazy and different enough to be a big hit. Gilligan and Skipper next visit the professor, who is working at his old high school, and wants to get back to scientific research, but is consistently thwarted by school pressures to exploit his fame. Next, the sailors visit the Howells. They're having dinner with old rich friends, who turn out to be terrible snobs, and make fun of Skipper and Gilligan behind their backs. The Howells are outraged, and throw the snobs out of their house immediately. Next, we see that Marianne is getting married to her old boyfriend Herbert, She doesn't really love him, but he waited for her, so she feels that she should marry him. It turns out that Herbert is actually in love with Marianne's best friend, and they end up marrying happily. Skipper invites all of the old friends to celebrate Christmas on his new boat. When they do, they discuss how much the civilized world has changed since they left. The spies, who have been making attempts to steal back the disc from Gilligan, arrive and take the disc at gunpoint. But just in time, federal agents arrive and save the day. Relieved, the former castaways make plans for an anniversary cruise together. Once at sea, Gilligan accidentally breaks the compass, and an unexpected storm sinks the minnow, too. The castaways are barely able to escape and swim to nearby land. That turns out to be exactly the same island. Gilligan tries to cheer them up, reminding them that at least they're all back together again, and the movie ends with Skipper, as ever, angrily chasing Gilligan into the jungle. As I said, the movie was a phenomenal success. It still ranks as one of the most highly rated movies in television history. Based on that success, another movie was quickly written and filmed. It was envisioned as the pilot for a new TV series featuring the castaways as hosts on an island resort. In the second movie, called The Castaways of Gilligan's Island, we pick up just days after the previous film, with Gilligan discovering parts of old World War II planes on the island. The professor is able to create one workable plane, and the castaways make an attempt to fly the plane back to the mainland. Gilligan accidentally falls out and parachutes back to the island. The others dutifully go after him, knowing that they are sacrificing their chances at rescue. When the plane lands, an engine falls off the plane, and they realize that going after their little buddy actually saved their lives. The Coast Guard spotted the plane on their radar and rescues the island residents once again. Flash forward to a year later, and we see the island is now home to an expansive resort called The Castaways. The resort was built by the Howells, and all of the friends are partial owners and help to run it. The movie then becomes a bit like Fantasy Island meets The Love Boat, as the story focuses on the guests and their problems, with our castaways helping them out along the way. Guests to the island included Happy Days' Tom Bosley, And the Bob Newhart shows, Marsha Wallace. Well, for a variety of reasons, this pilot did not fare well in the ratings, and all plans for a new series were stopped. End of story, right? Nope, not quite. In 1980, the head of NBC programming, Brandon Tartikoff, asked Sherwood to put together a new movie with the very popular. Dallas cowboy cheerleaders visiting the island. Because of a variety of circumstances, the lovely lady cheerleaders had to be replaced by the all-male Harlem Globetrotters, which, as you can guess, changed the story significantly. The movie centered around the castaways, the Globetrotters, and a couple of evil scientists, played by Mission Impossible veterans Barbara Bain and Martin Landau. The plot wasn't any better than how it sounds. Thurston Howell III's character played a prominent role in the script, but Jim Backus became ill shortly before production started, so the Howell's full grown and previously unseen and unknown son, Thurston Howell IV, was introduced. Jim Backus was well enough to make a small appearance in the film towards the end. As you might expect, The ratings for this film were dismal at best. And that was the end. Well, not quite. Filmation, who had produced the New Adventures animated series, created another entitled Gilligan's Planet. Picking up where the first series left off, the castaways found a crashed NASA ship on the island, and the professor repaired it. Climbing aboard, they hoped to fly it to civilization, Unfortunately, they end up going into space and landed on a remote planet. So they're marooned again, only this time it's far away from Earth. Only Tina Louise was absent from the original cast in this animated incarnation, with Don Wells providing the voices for both Marianne and Ginger. there are few other shows that have the staying power and popularity of Gilligan's Island and the Castaways. In 1987, four of their surviving Castaways appeared on an episode of NBC's sitcom ALF. In the episode, ALF is addicted to Gilligan reruns and dreams that he's on the island with Gilligan, Skipper, Marianne, and The Professor. When asked where the others are, The four castaways explain that the Howells and Ginger have started an exclusive club on the other side of the island. It was the highest-rated episode of ALF ever. A celebrity edition of Family Feud reunited actors Alan Hale Jr., Jim Backus, Natalie Schaefer, Don Wells, and Russell Johnson in a charity game against members of the cast of other vintage shows like Batman and Lost in Space. They did very well, and earned $23,000 that benefited the Motion Picture and Television Fund. Because Jim Backus was quite weak, he sat on a tall stool during the game, but still offered very entertaining answers. Other minor reunions include Gilligan and Skipper appearing on the New Gidget program, and in the Annette Funicello-Frankie Avalon retro movie called Back to the Beach. Some castaways have taken part in short boat cruises, which allow fans the opportunity to meet them on a boat setting. Even Tina Louise joined most of the castaways for the dedication of the Gilligan's Island waiting room at the L.A. Children's Hospital. In 1988, Fox's Late Show assembled the first and only reunion of the Gilligan's Island cast. All seven of the original castaways, as well as creator Sherwood Schwartz, discuss the show and their experiences with host Ross Schaefer. Jim Backus was obviously in failing health, but everyone else looked vital and energetic. The crowd went wild. In May of 1995, the four surviving members of the cast, as well as Sherwood, appeared on a Gilligan's Island-themed episode of Roseanne, entitled, Sherwood Schwartz, A Loving Tribute. In the episode, Roseanne envisions her family as the castaways, freshly shipwrecked. In the final part of the show, the actual Gilligan actors play the Roseanne characters, with Tina Louise playing Roseanne, Don Wells playing daughter Becky, Russell Johnson playing Becky's husband David, and Bob Denver playing sister Jackie. During the skit, Tina becomes upset over the script and stops the scene. She fires the writer, Sherwood Schwartz and says she wants the writer of the Brady Bunch. When he replies that he wrote that too, she promptly rehires him. The show has also been reworked in several different concepts without the original cast. Sherwood created a musical version of the show, which has run with great success in the Los Angeles area. There's also been a reality show called The Real Gilligan's Island, which pits two matching sets of castaways, costumes and all, against each other on an island with a survivor-like theme. So, what have the beloved actors done since the series? Well, have a bit more coconut cream pie, stick around, and find out. Because the show became so popular in reruns, The actors from the show were typecast in their roles and found it very difficult to find other work beyond Gilligan's Island. Bob Denver made a short-lived series called The Good Guys, after Gilligan, as well as a number of failed pilots. He made occasional appearances on shows such as Evening Shade and TV movies like High School USA, which starred a young Michael Fox. He authored a book about his experiences on Gilligan's Island and the many lives of Dobie Gillis. He moved out of Hollywood and relocated to North Carolina and lived there with his wife, Dreama, and family until his death from cancer on September 2, 2005. He was 70 years old. His last public appearance was on the TV Land Awards in 2005 when the four remaining cast members and Sherwood Schwartz accepted a very special award. Alan Hale, Jr. made various appearances as The Skipper as well as owned a restaurant in Hollywood for 15 years. Patrons of Alan Hale's Lobster Barrel would frequently be greeted by this warm man, always wearing the skipper's cap, and it said that he would take great pleasure in posing for photos, recounting stories, and signing autographs. Leaving his beloved wife Trinket and a long list of credits behind him, Alan passed away on January 2, 1990. The Coast Guard, offered full services at sea, but his wife declined. In keeping with Allen's wishes, through the Neptune Society, his ashes were scattered at sea. Jim Backus had an incredible career before Gilligan's Island, and kept busy afterwards as well, most notably as the voice of the very animated and nearsighted Mr. Magoo. He contracted Parkinson's disease, and suffered with it for many years. He wrote several books with his wife, Henny, including one detailing his fight with his illness. One of his final appearances was alongside his TV wife, Natalie Schaefer, on an Orville Redenbacher popcorn commercial. He was the first of the castaways to pass away on July 3, 1989. Natalie Schaefer had had a great career on stage before the show and was the epitome of the high-class socialite. She made a number of appearances on TV programs after the show ended. In her later years, she was most happy in the company of friends and her small dogs. Natalie passed away in her sleep on April 10, 1990, less than a year after her TV husband, and she was 90 years old. Tina Louise, as it's well known, has somewhat distanced herself from Ginger, trying to escape the typecasting from the show. She has appeared in a number of dramatic roles in movies like Johnny Swade and many TV show episodes. In recent years, she took part in Gilligan reunions like The Late Show and the TV Land Awards. She presently lives in New York. Russell Johnson has made a number of appearances on TV shows, including an episode of Newhart, in which he played one of the citizens of the town who was watching reruns of Gilligan, In the show, he voiced a line from the show as the professor. One of his sons died from AIDS several years ago, and he is involved with AIDS awareness in addition to sometimes acting. Russell has written a book about Gilligan and lives off the coast of Washington, on an island, with his wife and family. Don Wells has made a number of TV appearances, most notably on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, in a TV Survivor game, in which she competed with other past sitcom stars. She won the contest, beating Florence Hederson, Gary Coleman, and many others. Dawn teaches acting at her film acting boot camp in Idaho, where she lives. She produced the Surviving Gilligan's Island TV movie, in which she showed her home movies from the series and recounted experiences with Bob Denver and Russell Johnson. Creator Sherwood Schwartz is still very active in the industry and wrote a book on the subject of Gilligan's Island. With his great energy and imagination, there's no telling where the next Gilligan project will come from. More after this. Though the show ended its short three-year run in 1967, it continues to be one of the best-loved shows of all time, 40 years later. I think people love it because it's a show about people working together without any meanness in their hearts. It's also just plain fun and silliness that kids of all ages can enjoy. Want to learn more about Gilligan's Island? Like Lovey Howell's full maiden name, Gilligan's full name, and which castaway was going to leave the island if there'd been a fourth season? Visit our website at www. TVseriesfinale.com for the answers. You'll also find links to interesting books and DVDs about Gilligan’s Island and other favorite shows. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the TVseriesfinale.com podcast. I'm your host Trevor Kimball, and until next time, don't touch that dial.